Hey, welcome to the 1138 Podcast, a podcast where I interview people I know who have lived great lives for God. My hope is to encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus with your life. The world is not worthy of my guests, and I hope you're encouraged as you listen. My name is Rudy, and thanks for catching up with me. Well, welcome back to the 1138 Podcast, and Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been listening to our podcast. Um, I think we've had some really great conversations. I know um, I'm the one that gets blessed the most, I would guess. <laughs> Just getting a chance to be with these friends of mine and connect and talk about the Lord. But I will also say that I've heard encouraging stories from people finding the podcast and being encouraged by it. And so uh, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to help people go forward in the name of Jesus, which is to say uh, to go to live each day uh, in the power of Jesus in his name and to not do things on our own, but to really trust him and to keep going, to not give up. And um, by God's grace, we've been able to do this for a few years now. And here we are again. And today I have a conversation I'm bringing you with my friend, Justin Kim. And uh, I think you're really going to love it. I can tell you that um, as we're coming out of the pandemic, and and I say coming out of because can you all believe it? We're coming up on three years. That is insanity to me. But, uh, but I know that there's still lingering effects. And I think Justin's story of faith that he and his wife have gone through the last several years uh, will really help us. I, I know it blessed me to hear the story, um, and and I think it'll really help all of us. So I want to encourage you to listen, uh, to reach out to Justin. If you want to know more, uh, feel free to reach out to me. We can talk more. But uh, Justin is someone I got to know years ago in Seattle. Um, we've stayed in touch a bit on Facebook. And we've reconnected here for this conversation. He's a pastor that's uh, pastored up and down the West Coast a little bit. Uh, you'll get to hear that story and the reasons why um, here in this interview. Um, but Justin's been a man of, of faith for many years now. And I want to tell you one of the things you'll notice if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, then uh, you'll, you'll notice his smile. And that's one of the first things I noticed about Justin is this kindness that comes through in his smile. So I think you'll hear that in his voice. I think you'll hear his humility in his voice. And I think you'll hear a man living out faith in real context with real decision making on a day in, day out basis under difficult circumstances at times. And so uh, Justin's a perfect way to start off 2023 for me and hopefully for all of you as well. So I hope you do enjoy this podcast. This is a little bit longer than normal intro, but uh, we're starting off a new year. So let's get ready, right? Um, so here we go. Without further ado, here's Justin Kim. And I'm here on the podcast with my friend Justin Kim. And um, when I think of Justin, when I think of you, I think of a weekend I spent with uh, our good friends and my wife, but Tom Brown and his new-to-be wife, Queen. Uh, I had never been to Seattle. My wife and I had never been, so we were excited to go to Seattle. 
Um, we were excited to celebrate Tom, who was our the best man at our wedding, and just one of the most amazing men that I know, man of faith, a man of righteousness, a man of godly living. And and so by God's grace, uh, he invited us and I was able to stand up with him. And then he said, I want you to meet my pastor and my friend, Justin. And I remember meeting you. And, and this is how I remember it. We, I remember praying with you and Tom in like a clubhouse or like yeah. a locker room. Yeah. And um, I'd never really been to a golf course like that before. <laughs> yeah. And and he's, I just remember for years, he talked about Justin. Justin's this friend. Justin's this man that's pursuing the Lord. Justin knows me. Justin's supporting me. I'm supporting Justin. Just brothers in the in the work, in the faith. And of course, I was I was a far distance from there. And so I only heard the stories. And now I got to meet him. Justin. Great. Who's this Justin? And then I saw your smile and your warmth and your care. And that weekend was one of the best weekends for my wife and for me. And part of that was getting to meet you. And then I've, we became Facebook friends. And we've kind of stayed in touch a little bit on social media. And I got to see some of your journey. And you guys, the Lord took you all to Southern California and then back up to Seattle recently. And I'm giving you an all, all of this just to say, Justin, for all of those journeys, and we've been talking off camera, mm -hmm. it's been an encouragement. I felt a brotherhood. I felt a connection to you, maybe through Tom, maybe through your story, maybe through being pastors. But whatever it is in the the, the fellowship of the spirit, I have just been encouraged. Mm. And then I thought, I want to reach out to Justin and see if he'll <laughs> come on the podcast. Um, and you said yes, graciously. And so, you know, the podcast for me is based mm. on Hebrews 11, 38. You know, the world was not worthy of them. Mm. And I just think that's true. It's it's I know it's true of you and your wife in the family you're leading. And I could see it comes through the pictures, bro. It just comes through the pictures. And the world may never know you. I don't know what the world will say of you, but I know the Lord is pleased. And so that is my setup for you, Justin, to go, what do you have to say, brother, about what I just said? The world is not worthy of Justin Kim. Thanks for coming on my podcast. And um, what do you say, brother? Hey, Rudy, it is really great to see you. And um, yeah, I'm really humbled by that, that setup because um, I said yes to this podcast because I did want to connect with you and to catch up with you and to, um, you know, to nurture our friendship after all mm -hmm. these years, right? And, mm -hmm. But number two, I was really hesitant because uh, even lazy about responding, I think, because I was like, who's going to listen to this podcast? Who's going to want to listen to me? And I definitely am without like, uh, unashamedly, I, I really feel like I'm a nobody. And uh, mm. I think it's been a whole journey um, for me to get to a place where I'm okay with that, as long as I know mm. that Jesus is my everything. And so, but it was definitely a long journey. And I do remember that weekend in Seattle, um, Tom Brown, our, our mutual friend is, uh, I think every church needs somebody like Tom. And uh, mm. for me, I was his pastor. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that there are many moments where he really pastored me. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, and I, I remember having meetings with Tom and I was thinking, hey, I think I'm supposed to pastor you, but I feel like it's the other way around. And so yes, Tom is yes. such a dear brother and uh, just a, a godly man. And then mm -hmm. any friend of Tom's is a friend of mine. And I remember Same. 
locker room prayer time and meeting you, Rudy. And mm -hmm. I did feel that kinship and I felt this, uh, you know, just sense of connection with you. And, and I think, um, you know, we talked about it earlier, you shared that you feel like you are a great encourager. And I really jive with that because mm. I say I, I name one of my boys Barnabas the encourager from scripture because Amen. I really believe in that ministry of exhortation and encouragement mm. and I want to be like that to other people and I saw that in you as well mm. and so I felt like this instant um, like kinship with you and stuff and so mm. it is such a blessing to see you and, and to connect with you today yeah thank you Justin that's that already blesses me guys um Justin and I, of course, were talking a little bit off camera beforehand. There's so many things we want to talk about. We wow. don't know where we're going to go fully, but I can tell you um, it's already been a super big blessing to me. And I told my kids, told my youngest daughter earlier in the car uh, that I was going to talk to Justin. And she said, do I know him, dad? I said, no, you don't know him, but you're going to get to know him. So <laughs> world, here we go. We get to know Justin a little bit better. Um, so we just touched on where we met, how we met there. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself though. So you've already mentioned your son, mm -hmm. uh, tell us about your family, tell yeah. anybody that's listening about what you're doing, who are you, give us a little bit of background. Yeah. Uh, you know, I grew up in the East coast, um, grew up in Fairfax, Virginia, which is like, uh, the suburbs of Washington, DC and Northern Virginia. Um, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord early on. Um, yeah. And it's been a really great journey for me to just from God calling me into, uh, a life with him to a calling into ministry. Mm -hmm. um, the Lord was gracious uh, in bringing me a wonderful woman into my life. I'm married to um, Virginia. Her name is Virginia. She was born, get this, she was born in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And so you can't forget <laughs> her name. Yeah. Uh, we've been married for about uh, now 15 years. And so we just celebrated mm -hmm. 15 years. All right. And um, we've got four kids. Uh, Tabitha is uh, 14. Barnabas is 12. Maximus, yes, that's his real name. Maximus is seven, uh, and um, our youngest. We had a, a baby during the pandemic, and uh, her name mm. is Gloria, and mm. she is now twenty-one months. And so we've got a pretty wide spectrum there, from, yeah. from fourteen to twenty, twenty-one months. And yes, uh, our household is uh, it's uh, busy, it's chaotic, and uh, it's also beautiful and wonderful and uh my wife and i we sleep probably once a week <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know we're, we are leading into each other and praying and and um i think one of the, my greatest joy is being a father and mm. i love being a husband uh, god has really blessed me i married up and out of my class if you mm. meet her, she is just um i love her she's i'm mm. so thankful her mm -hmm. and uh and you know we've been blessed with four kids and i don't take that lightly mm -hmm. and i really want to disciple my children and mm -hmm. sometimes we have uh, some good days and sometimes we don't have we have some tough days uh you know the way my wife and i talk about this or you know is it's never a bad day because even the bad days i think the lord is teaching us uh, something mm -hmm. you know and so but yeah you know we have some good days of discipleship and some days it feels like nothing is happening and and um, mm -hmm. our kids are having, you know, giving us uh, some tough mo times there and, and whatnot. But uh, mm -hmm. that's a little bit of my world. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, you know, I love that you went right to discipleship with the kids. Yeah. I, I, um, the phrase I've been using for years, and pretty much I'm the only one that says it to myself, but 
is that um, I could teach a, somebody to do a skill yeah. um, in, within a matter of minutes or hours, you know, and we joked about YouTube earlier, but it really is true. Watch a YouTube video and you can learn how to screw in a light bulb if you don't know how, but the value, the values, which I think speaks more to discipleship, but the values of what it means to be a Rivera or a Kim or a follower of Christ um, take time. You know, at least that's what I've seen. And so I've kind of, um, my phrase is like, I can teach you how to do something in a matter of minutes, Mm. but I, what it's going to take you to, to follow the Lord or be a Rivera is going to take about 18 years plus. And I say 18 years, because then around that time they, they leave the nest and we kind of go on with life, but there's still a life to be taught. Mm. Um, I don't know what you think of that, but I'd, I'd be curious to think, I mean, you've got your oldest is 14. What are your thoughts on discipleship over the long haul Mm. versus skills over the short run? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I I do think like discipleship isn't like a a one moment, one day thing. You know, it's uh, Mm. it's uh, I see it as like a a long term, you know, constantly just um, imparting not just information but uh, it's a sharing of your life. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so um, I really feel like, I really like what you're saying. It, like with our kids, with Tabitha, for, for example, she's 14. And the way my wife and I figured is that we don't have too much time with her before she, you know, she goes, she's going to go off to college in about four to five years. And mm-hmm. those years are going to go by really fast. Mm-hmm. And so um, we really want to disciple her. And we've been discipling her, we believe, from day one. Yes. Uh, and even at moments when we weren't even like, we weren't like thinking this is discipleship. But I believe the Lord was working in our lives to really love on her and discipling her. And, uh, and, I think we've just kind of grown in the last few years to become more aware of that and to be more intentional and strategic and prayerful. Uh, but our goal is that, you know, by the time she goes up to college, before we launch her into the world, um, we really want to make sure that she's a, a, a follower, a disciple, making disciple herself. And uh, it's a long game too. It's like you know, just doing life on life, missional discipleship together and so it's spending time with her and uh, it's not a one moment thing but it's a lifelong thing in many respects and and i don't think that discipleship even ends when she goes up to college yes but, mm-hmm. but it's a different season now when she goes mm-hmm. up to college and so mm-hmm. um but that uh i don't know if, if that was also rudy one of the reasons why one of the big factors as to why we made some big life decisions by the way and that was move away from um, what I thought, what I considered very comfortable situation in California and things were going well. And we made this decision to move up to Seattle because we were trying to be more deci- uh, intentional about discipling our kids. Mm. Um, so uh, we're three months into this transition. If you were to ask me today, how's it going? it's mm-hmm. it's tough it's mm-hmm. tough but mm-hmm. but we're looking for the long you know term vision for this decision to move here and so but it was so that we could be more present in the lives of our kids mm. and to um to slow down a little bit in other areas of our lives to sacrifice uh um some income and whatnot my wife was uh, a full-time uh nurse 
Uh, and here we made the decision for her not to be a nurse. Mm. Uh, so we lost one income, but we choose not to, you know, mm. Um, partake of that uh, second income so that she could be more present at home and yeah. for me to also move away from a lead pastoral role to take on another role at a, a, a great local church so that I can slow down a little bit mm. so that I can be more present with my wife in the lives of our kids but yeah mm. I don't know if that answers your question but uh, those are the things mm. that yeah that comes to my mind wow you know so I'm hearing <laughs> I'm kind of pulling words out that you've said you've, you've used the word missional. You've used the word disciple who makes disciples of so replication or multiplication or generational. Wow. You've used the word, I don't know if you said it, but sacrifice, or you've made what many might consider sacrificial choices, lowering income potential. You mentioned comfort level. Um, wow. I, there is so much in there. I didn't know all of that. I mean, I could have assumed it. I've lived a little bit of that in my own version. Mm -hmm. Can you, I don't even know the question, but can you maybe, maybe walk us through the timeline? Would yeah. you be willing to say, okay, because I know you were in Seattle. That's where we met. And then yeah. I know y'all were in, I think LA or Orange County or somewhere down there. And then now back up to Seattle, kind of walk us through if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. And then we can unpack the details of, what the yeah. Lord's doing there. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we were in Seattle um, for, uh, you know, some time ministering at a great church. And then um, we did experience some challenges and a difference of vision, if you will. And mm. uh, it was all, it, in hindsight, it was a, a, it just an incredible journey overall. And then the Lord had opened up an opportunity for us to move to Southern California in uh, at a church called Bethel. And mm -hmm. it, Irvine, California. Mm. And so I was there, um, took a, taking on a lead role of a English speaking congregation of a large Korean immigrant church. That's a mouthful, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was, uh, and it was uh, uh, quite a journey there too. Uh, and, um, and I think the Lord was doing some really good work uh, over time. Uh, it was about, uh, I would say last September, October, when I say last year, it was 2021, where we were as a family experiencing some um, challenges as a whole. Like I think like my daughter was going through some um, some rebellious season. My son, Barnabas, was going through um, some spiritual darkness and depression. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't just him feeling like, you know, sad. Like we had come upon some things where we realized he had thoughts of hurting himself. Mm -hmm. And Rudy, that, that was a shock for my wife and I, because in our home, like it's, as far as we could tell, nothing traumatic happened. There was mm -hmm. no abuse, no, no, mm -hmm. no traumatic event. But I think like, um, like we, we the, upon further, like um, just uh, conversations with him, uh, we offered him like therapy counseling he felt like that was more intimidating than anything else mm -hmm. but he really felt like um uh he i i think what we came to realize was like he was on this sort of uh place where faith for him became performance oriented yeah and um and out of all of our kids like barnabas was the deepest in his faith and just mm. really loves the lord and he's an introvert he's a feeler he's a deep thinker and um but he got to this place where somehow he felt like um, he wasn't good enough for God's love and that he wasn't good enough for even his parents' love. 
And, and that really uh, was shocking for me, Rudy, because that's not what we believe the gospel to be. And also that's not what we have been teaching our kids, you know, and, or at least that's what we thought. Yeah. And, uh, they, you know, we drink this Kool-Aid in the world where like it's very performance mentality and oriented. And, and, and I think he bought into that. And so, yeah. um, and there are other probably factors as to why I think he was overwhelmed with like relationships at school, friendships, and it's hard for him to make friends and just trying to fit in, I think. And, but um, that alarmed us. And then I think for me, even though ministry and church was going well, relatively, mm -hmm. um, I felt like we were actually coming out of the pandemic and really hitting our stride and really doing well overall. We were seeing some momentum. Uh, uh, no one was really giving me a headache or a heartache. But I felt like um, that uh, even though ministry was going relatively well, my home life was not going well. My wife mm -hmm. and I were not spending a lot of time together. She, you know, she was running hard as a nurse. I was running hard as a, as a pastor in my local church. And I talked about discipleship a lot in the church, but it wasn't happening in my home. Yeah, wow. And, and I think there are moments where I felt like I was being called out on it by my own kids. And um, and my wife was calling me out on that too, and mm. and I tell you, Rudy, like in my sinfulness, I didn't handle that well many many times, and mm. and then but uh, by God's grace, um, I came to a place where I realized, man, you know, this is this is not healthy, and mm. uh, I love being a pastor, but I don't want to put my marriage and my kids on the altar, and uh, I would love to have a thriving ministry and a thriving family. I want both, mm -hmm. but uh, I would rather be uh, a, a great dad and a present father than, you know, to have a ministry that's just blowing up or thriving or whatnot. And so um, that all led mm -hmm. to this journey where we felt restless and just started praying for maybe something new and different that the Lord had in mind for us. And so that started this journey for us to make a huge decision to step away from a church that we absolutely love. Um, I still get emotional thinking about the friendships and the people mm -hmm. that we left behind in California. Mm -hmm. We got to launch and birth that church. Mm -hmm. And for me to a few weeks later say, I'm stepping away was incredibly hard for me. Mm -hmm. But my wife and I felt like this was what was the best for our family in the long mm. run, the long mm. run. Yeah. So and you're that, three months, three months into that. Yeah. 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 So yeah. And our, um, yeah, you know, we moved away in October and now we've been here for three months in Seattle and um, yeah, I, I can't say it's been easy. It's been really hard actually, mm -hmm. but the church here, uh, I'm at this church and it's uh I love the church, the church. I'm learning so much at this church. It's a different role. So I'm learning a new role. I'm not the lead preaching pastor mm -hmm. and I'm very happy and okay with that in mm -hmm. the season. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, my role is a little bit different here, but uh, uh, it's giving me some opportunity to be more present in my family's life. And and the elders at this church are very protective of my time and and are always keeping me accountable and challenging me to think about you know rhythm and pace and all of those things and and i'm really grateful for that in this season because i i need it i need it mm -hmm. you know again there's so much overlap there our our oldest and um 
I think I mentioned, you know, had his struggles here. Yeah, I use the phrase didn't like it, but a lot of the um, the underlying backstory to that didn't liking had to do with friendships and yeah. um, darkness, spiritual darkness. Um, we sense certain things happening in his life. Similarly, um, I, I don't know the triggers fully. I don't know if I'll ever know that. Maybe the Lord will reveal it. But we we tried um, naming some of those difficulties, and he seemed to resist. And he might listen to this. So, Naaman, <laughs> if you're listening, um, I don't want to tell your story. You can come on the podcast; he'll tell it. But um, but you know he, um, but it wasn't until maybe a year or two later that he looked back and said, "No, I think y'all were right. I think mm-hmm. some of the things that we were naming that I didn't want to confess to or say." out loud were true so the depression and some of the struggle there and it, so um again that I'm, I'm glad you're on thank you for being on because i i what i've what i've sensed from a distance really through facebook has been just those stories mm-hmm. and they're coming through the pictures mm-hmm. and 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 i know what it's like to post the pictures like look at the beauty and it is beautiful yeah. I mean it is absolutely beautiful. But there's that that side behind the smile or behind the 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 beauty that says, but it's hard, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um so I am curious if you're willing to share and, and if mm-hmm. you can't or don't want to, that's okay. But you know, you've been gone, you moved three months ago, three and a half or something like that. Um, what was the ramp up time, the lead time? from decision, we know we need to go to actually moving. And if I may ask, I mean, were there any people saying you're crazy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. have anything to say to that? Yeah. I mean, our, our time, we, we had, uh, you know, I think by the time, like in November, 2021, we had decided like we didn't decide to move, but we were really begin to pray. Is this, mm. do we need to make a big change? Mm-hmm. I let my, um, my senior leaders in terms of my, my elder and my uh, executive pastor know early on, Hey, I'm, str- I'm struggling and I'm, I'm wrestling with this. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to, I didn't let the whole church know, but I definitely let some of our leaders know that this is kind of like where I'm at. And mm-hmm. so that there was no surprises. And then I think all of 2022, Rudy, from like, you know, all of it from January to the day that we moved was just a, a long process of praying mm-hmm. and discerning, you know, it, it, trying to figure out, is this where God was calling us? Mm-hmm. And so we had, you know, contacted uh, this particular church. And this is another story in itself. They didn't contact me. I just did a cold turkey email. I was because, wondering. Okay. Yeah. Because I might, I, I just felt like there's a particular kind of, kind of church that I wanted to go to. I didn't want to just throw my resume out there i started praying god lord what kind of church mm. would you like for me to serve at and mm. and and i was also looking for like some alignment with theology and things mm-hmm. like that so but this was a church that came to my mind right away and for whatever reasons and i did a cold turkey email mm. and they wrote me back that no employment was on their website that was available <laughs> that fit me and i just said hey i'm justin and i'm i'm, Cal- I'm in california this is my resume and cv and if you have any um, positions open for a pastoral role, uh, mm-hmm. keep me in your file and uh, mm-hmm. just keep me in mind. And 
Uh, and I didn't think anything of it. I just didn't mm. think, you know, I didn't have a lot of faith that anybody would email me back. Mm. But yeah, they called or emailed me back not too long after that. And that was a long journey. But along the way, like um, mm. they were taking their time and due diligence. And that's that's good for them. Mm -hmm. um, in that moment of waiting, it, we went through a lot of like just, um, you know, doubts. And should we really do this? And then we also looked into different other ministry opportunities and and doors were opening and, and, and closing and whatnot. And so, um, and I think it was like, uh, by July of last year, it felt like we, we were wanting to step out. I had taken two months of sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The church had graciously given me two months mm -hmm. to think of things through. Mm -hmm. They knew that I was wrestling with this. And so the, my elder and my executive pastor was so gracious to say, Hey, you know, we want you to take your time. This is a big decision. And by the way, no one was telling me to leave. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody was telling me to stay. And I felt mm -hmm. I felt the love of my church there. Amen. And so there wasn't like, you know, a scandal. No one was pushing me out. There wasn't a mm -hmm. conflict. There wasn't a moral failure. Mm -hmm. This was strictly just my, my restlessness was coming from the fact that I really wanted to just uh, slow down and spend more time with my family. But I didn't mm -hmm. want to go up ministry and stuff. And mm -hmm. so... There are other factors involved with that, but uh, uh, and my elder and my uh, executive pastor and my previous church at Bethel Grace in Irvine mm -hmm. was so helpful, so kind. Mm -hmm. And uh, but uh, this church here was taking their time as well. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until uh, we made a trip out here at the end of July where they formally offered the position. And then um, I think in July, middle of July, we accepted the position. Mm -hmm. uh, we went, but here's the thing: we, I accepted it. But then I backed out of it mm. and then I changed my mind and said, well, you take me back. And then mm. I had cold feet again. Mm. And then, and then, uh, and then I changed my mind again. And they, they, you know, the, the staff here at this church, they, uh, the church is called Doxa in, mm. in Redmond. They were so kind, so gracious to me. And they still took me back. They still <laughs> wanted me. And I was being so fickle. Yes. At that time, Rudy, it hit me hard. Like I, I realized mm -hmm. it, like things got real for me. Oh my gosh, this means we're going to sell our house. Mm -hmm. This means that we're going to uproot my family mm -hmm. and they're going to have to say goodbye to, you know, family and friends here. Mm -hmm. And it's very comfortable. You know, mm -hmm. we've got a community here. I'm the lead senior pastor of my own church. Mm -hmm. I could do whatever I want within, you know, mm -hmm. within, like, you know, not yeah. whatever I want, but I, I could cast my own vision. I don't have to answer yep. anything. It's like, my dream position and we had gotten to that place and to give that up it hit hard and that's why i think i just was going back and forth back and forth and then i was reminded with my wife no like this is where we need to go because this is what we believe is god is calling us for the season mm. and um you know for the family in the long term would be we thought it would be best and so uh, we we accepted the position and then we took some time to say goodbye to sell our home and mm -hmm. to um you know to really end our time at, at our church well mm -hmm. and then i drove up to seattle twice um yeah. yeah and it was a big move yeah in october i really there were people in my life that were that were telling me are you sure about this mm -hmm. are you mm -hmm. sure about that uh people were telling us uh don't go don't do this and yeah, I had, I think a few people I remember telling me, you are crazy to mm -hmm. make this move and mm -hmm. this decision. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I did have some people, some mentors, some dear friends that were speaking into my life and saying, absolutely, this is the right decision for the sake mm-hmm. of your marriage, for the sake of your family, and for you to desire your desire to disciple your kids. And um, yeah, and so I, I, I was uh, really um, grateful for those voices as well. Yeah. Mm. You know, let me tell you a story here that you're just, I've, I've almost been moved to tears here hearing your story. And there's just more you could share. I know there's more. Um, in October 2008, October, November, right around there, um, I called my parents Mm -hmm. to let them know that I believed the Lord was calling us to move Mm -hmm. away from Austin, Texas. My parents were in San Antonio, about 70 miles away. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I called them to say, I think the Lord is calling us to move to Illinois to help a church. Mm -hmm. And it had been months. We'd been wrestling back and forth. Uh, my wife and I had been wrestling with the Lord. But at that point, I, I think it was, we were prepared to say, I think we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to get, I wanted to honor my mom and dad. And I wanted to get their their counsel here towards the end. And they had been a part of it, but it kind of the last call. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing out of my mom's mouth, she said, let me get your dad on the phone. And they had me on speaker. And my mom said, You've always been the Lord's. Mm. Follow the Lord and God will take care of us. Mm. Because the big question in my heart was, Mom, if we move away from y'all, we can't be here to help. And my dad was really sick and Mm. my whole life he was sick and my mom was a caretaker and there were just a lot of needs and we were very involved with helping them from about two hours away. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, as I told you earlier, we dad passed away that next April. Mm. So that was about, you know, five months out from him going to be with the Lord. Yeah. Well, I look back at that. If, and I tell people, if my parents had not said right away with no hesitation, you've mm. always been the Lord's follow Jesus and mm. he will take care of all of us. Mm. I don't think I could have done it, Justin. I think, I think April would have rolled around. Mm. I would have seen the debacle and the hardship. And, and I would have just said, no, no, we, we got to stay. Instead, I drove, I took time off of work for a month. I drove up and down to San Antonio. I stayed with dad. I was there when he passed. I moved my mother into, into Houston, three hours away to live with her sister. I sold, got their house ready to sell. And I moved our house, I sold our house and I moved to Illinois. I mean, it was such a crazy time. But I look back and think we wouldn't have done it without that just encouragement of faith, trust the Lord. And what I tell people in moving out to Colorado, because we gave up a lot to move here, having left already a lot in Texas, is I tell people I wanted my kids Mm. to know when Jesus says to do something, we Mm. ought to do it. That, That Jesus is worth everything. and and nothing else is in compared compares and so i'm curious Mm. i don't what are your thoughts on jesus is worth it we sing a song like that jesus (laughs) you know but we sometimes we sing in the church and it's hard to 
when the rubber hits the road, it's mm-hmm. hard to do it, to believe it, to live into it. Mm-hmm. Did where where was the thought that Jesus is supreme, Jesus is most valuable? Mm-hmm. How does that cross your heart and mind? How did it? And then did it have any bearing on your family? And as you're talking yeah. about discipleship, do you have yeah. anything to say to that? No, I love that. Uh, thank you for sharing. Uh, it, that is so powerful. What your parents, you know, mm. with you and, um, yeah, I, you know, Jesus being supreme in my life is what drives me. You know, mm. that's what wakes me up. And um, and I love the church that I'm at because they they believe in that too. Mm-hmm. And 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 the the churches that I've been able to had the privilege and honor of leading and pastoring. That's been our message, you know, that's been my message. And that's, it's from scripture as well. We just really believe that Jesus is our all in all. And that's something, mm-hmm. that's the message that we want to continually convey to our children. Uh, and uh, I don't want to idolize. We don't want to idolize our children. Mm-hmm. We believe that they also are, they belong to the Lord. And uh, we want them to look up to us, but we want them to look up, look up to us beyond us to see the, see the savior that we're following and living for wow that's really good look yeah. up to us beyond us yeah wow. mm-hmm. yeah i want the lord to use me uh, mm-hmm. but i like what paul was saying like follow me as i follow christ mm-hmm. and and uh, i want to be a good role model and an example for my children but so that they that i'm not ultimately their hero i want to be and i i've made so many f- mistakes and i've dropped the ball so many times i don't think my kids would say you're not the hero dad <laughs> you are zero not the hero you are zero, zero. Uh, but there are moments where i think like the lord really does use use my wife and i you know in, in real in a really significant way and i mm. wanted to ultimately get to a place where they see that jesus is their hero and that they would mm. love him so mm. but that's what drives me and that's what ultimately also drove us um it, that there were many factors our decision was complex it's complex mm-hmm. um, it, the discipleship of our kids but there was also a desire to um convey to our kids that this is a calling as well we feel mm-hmm. called here jesus is calling us here and we will obey him mm-hmm. even though it is hard discipleship is wrapped up in that but um mm-hmm. you know like when the first time when we met you, uh, you know, those years in, well, we were in Seattle already before we moved to California and we're back now to Seattle. Yeah. Uh, even though um, Seattle was so foreign for me moving out from the East Coast, Seattle is very, just the Pacific Northwest is very different mm-hmm. and it feels like it's its own country with its own culture and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I really felt a calling. I felt like I was in the center of God's will here because even though everybody in North America, every city needs the gospel, particularly in the Northwest, in Seattle, I felt like there was a significant, like it's, it's really hard to reach people here with the gospel, mm-hmm. people didn't mm-hmm. love Jesus here. Mm-hmm. And so um, even though ministry was challenging in that way, um, even my first time coming, uh, like people are telling me, don't go to Seattle. It's a cemetery for pastors yeah. and ministries. I've heard that. Or it's the capital of nuns, meaning like, like when people like write down their religious affiliation, they write none. I don't have any mm-hmm. religion. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, but I felt a calling here. And so that calling, that sense of calling, Rudy never left. Even when mm. I was in, it never disappeared. And so um, when we decided to come back, we we felt like God was calling us back. I, and we felt like we were missionaries here. 
And so even the way our church in Bethel Grace in California sent us off, they didn't send us as a farewell party. It was more, it felt like I asked them to make it a commissioning service. And that's what oh, they did. They that's beautiful. It. Yeah, and so that we can still con continually have a relationship with our church there. They are our sending church, if you will. We're not mm. in some far off overseas cross-cultural countries, mm. uh, country, but we are in the country of Seattle, if you will. Mm -hmm. And But boy, we've come here in the middle of the winter season here. Our kids had started school already, so they had to start restart the school. It was a hard transition for us, the mm -hmm. way the timeline just worked out. It was out of our hand and out of our control, but um, everything is so different for our kids and I, like this, the climate, the weather, the language is the same, but people are just different here. And, mm. and so uh, our family talked about how like this feels like what maybe what a missionary family would feel like if they went mm -hmm. to Japan or the Middle mm -hmm. East somewhere or, or Africa. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, so, um, and so the reason why I'm sharing that is that we want to preach the gospel and show others in Seattle, the Seattle lights that Jesus is supreme. That's what we want to yes. do. That's our message. But also like, when things get really hard, and and it's there's sometimes Rudy, I I've stayed up late at night. Uh, sleep has left me because mm. I've become I've sometimes been overwhelmed with a sense of loss, mm. and um, like what did I give up to come mm -hmm. here? And um, even though the church here has been so kind and supportive, um, I don't see my kids thriving and growing yet. Um, it's too early, right? Mm -hmm. And my, my older two kids are not liking it here. They're hating mm -hmm. it here, actually. They want to move mm -hmm. back, like, t today. Mm -hmm. and, um, and when I see them struggling, when I feel like, you know, there's nothing happening or, um, yeah, it's just like uh, sometimes I'm, uh, I have feelings of regret and doubt, all those things. I think what really helps me is to remember that, that, God has called us here, that calling, mm -hmm. and then that uh, that ministry, like missional mindset, that we are missionaries here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's translated to an overall lifestyle, to be to live like a missionary. I've gone on mission trips. Uh, I've had mm -hmm. some great opportunities to do mission trips uh, all over the world. Mm -hmm. And like when you're in the mission field, Rudy, like you just operate differently, you mm -hmm. know, with your spending, how you think about your clothes, how you think, and like, it's it just you almost like can't help but think of it like you know you are aliens strangers in this country mm -hmm. and you are you have more of like a missional mindset a heavenly mindset you know mm -hmm. and I feel like um that's the mind mentality that i think is so like becoming more real for me and my wife like we are missionaries here like we, we don't own a, own a home here and mm -hmm. and that's okay you know, and we don't have we don't have to be like keeping up with the Joneses here, and like where uh, we can you know we can have a, a missional heavenly mindset, and that's really helpful. That's been helpful for us mm -hmm. to kind of remember we're on mission here, and Jesus has called us here, and we're going to obey and, and follow that and live in obedience. Hopefully, our kids, Rudy, mm -hmm. uh, over time will see that, mm -hmm. and that they would uh, you know see. The beauty of that and the day themselves will live that out as well mm -hmm. um, it's hard at times you know mm -hmm. but i think you know because of the gospel um, we can do some hard things and go to some hard places because of what he's done for us and and um, yeah because mm -hmm. of his love that compels and convicts us 
do you have a verse um that you're hanging on is there any any word from the lord that you'd want to share and maybe it's just been for you and your family or or you've seen it or you want it to be you don't even believe it yet but you want it to be I've just got Bible verses come through my heart and my mind for you. Just thinking, can I hear uh, that? Yeah. Well, I, I think the one, the one that immediately comes <laughs> to mind is that nobody who gives up, mm. you know, who leaves father and mother, brother and sister, uh, mm. Jesus's words. I, I'm losing the reference right now, yeah. but you know, but but he says, "Will not only receive in this life, but also in the life to come." And um, I I think. Um, my my i just want to like bless you and say may the lord repay you may the lord bestow to you even in this life and the life to come mm. the family the 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 brothers and sisters the homes the all the things that have been taken or given up if you will um but that that's immediately what's coming to mind but i'm curious for you has your family kind of rested all of your hope if you will on a verse or two or anything that's that the Lord's giving you? Well, you know, we, we have some family, we have like family worship or family times a couple of times mm. we, we try to, mm. and those have been some really good times of devotional and uh, also um, talking about like calendar and schedule, but also. Yeah. Yeah. About, we call them family meetings. My yeah, kids don't meetings. like them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it doesn't go so well. And um, I think a couple of times we've, we've had some really good moments of sharing what scripture is. is. And I think like um, um, for me on a personal level, a verse that hasn't really come to my mind yet, but one of the things that I, that keeps echoing in my mind um, that a mentor of mine shared with me is that the ministry that God does in you is more important than the ministry that God does through you. Yes. Yeah. The ministry that God does in you is more important than the ministry that God does through you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think the reason why that's been really helpful for me is that, um, you know, I'm trying to disciple my kids and um, trying to be faithful to the calling that God has given to me. Um, in the midst of all of that, Rudy, is that I really feel like the Lord is also really wanting to do some good work in in my own heart as well. Mm-hmm. This isn't like just uh, for my kids. This is not just for, uh, I really think that God is um, wanting to do some powerful work in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes when you're running hard for God in ministry and um you know, you're so busy and doing things that um, are good things, but, um, you know, like I keep, I, I think I should like, you know, slow down, slow down. And um, I think like, I keep forgetting, like God is doing something in me. And so the ministry that God does in me, whether it's through like this personal devotional life or just like falling more in love with Jesus and his word and becoming more like him and his Christ-like character and like that is more important than the things that I can do for God. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I've been really like um, sitting on that and chewing on that. And, um, and even like in in the, even like when I try to disciple or try to spend time with my kids, it's, uh, I don't want to just tell them, do this, do this, do this, but I want to be a, a child of God. I want to be, a, you know, like um, 
uh, a man that like just is really following Christ so that they can mm -hmm. see that they can experience that. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and so um, one of the things that my wife is really encouraging me is that like in this season that we're in, um, she's telling me just to love Jesus more and to read mm -hmm. the word and to sit in his, you know, just to sit in his presence and let him minister to you. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, you know, being in ministry is not easy, Rudy. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I, I think we've been in ministry for many years now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've had challenging moments when I, I, I see that you've gone through some hard times as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And um, I think uh, it's important for more than ever for pastors and ministry to just, you know, let God do that work in you. We know it, but I don't think we practice it enough. And, uh, and that's mm -hmm. the, it's true of me. And so I've been just constantly telling myself, Justin, the ministry that God does in you is more sure. important than the ministry that God does through you. Justin, do you, are you familiar with Pete and Jerry Scazzaro's yeah. Yeah. ministry? Yeah, I was about to mention them. Do you yeah. use, have you, do you use, have you gone through their materials? Are you yeah. using it? Yeah, we've gone through, um, you know, I've read through his whole emotionally healthy Mm -hmm. curriculum if you will right mm -hmm. even as a staff we read through that uh in california and mm -hmm. you know leadership uh mm -hmm. discipleship and so and i listened to his podcast me too yeah yeah his resource that's been a very good resource for me mm -hmm. and um, i love when he talks about the sabbath and, mm -hmm. and just ha having healthy rhythms and so mm -hmm. um i think early on as a younger pastor like a couple of people that came to my mind that really taught me how to handle the word of God with people like John Piper or mm -hmm. Alice Begg and mm -hmm. your well-known preachers and teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, later on, it was uh, people like Timothy Keller who really mm -hmm. uh, influenced me to think redemptive historical in my preaching, mm -hmm. to think sociologically, culturally, how does this affect, how does the gospel penetrate those areas? Mm -hmm. And then in this season, as I've been running hard, um, God has been using people like Peter Scazzaro to mm -hmm. in his uh, books and his resources to really help me to think about more of a healthier rhythm of uh, mm -hmm. spiritual like emotional health mm -hmm. and um yeah so that's been a big thing for me these days in this season of my life okay i've, I've got a few questions for you now <laughs> <laughs> so i i stumbled on emotionally healthy discipleship the podcast the book and the spirituality curriculum in uh early 2020 um through the carrie newhoff podcast which i think you also yeah. are familiar with um because i've seen you post about carrie's some of his things so uh anyhow um uh, which i i've been listening to carrie's thing for like four or five years maybe more i don't know anyhow um i did not know in January 2020, the things that were going to come in yeah. my life personally, into our family, of course, worldwide with the pandemic and COVID. Uh, in December of, 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 what is that, 2019? I can't, I can't keep my years straight. <laughs> I feel like the Lord uh, invited me to go through a reading of the Bible in a year, which I had not done in a really long time. Uh, I'm familiar. I'm used to spending time with the Lord regularly, but in that case, I was like, I'm going to be disciplined with it. It's just not one of my strengths. I'm going to go through it. Okay. 2020. And I tell people it, 
you know, when people say the word of God kept me alive, Jesus mm -hmm. kept me alive. I used to think, oh, that sounds good. I mean, I believe it, but like, eh, okay, that makes sense, whatever. Brother, I lived it in 2020. Mm -hmm. I got to December and I was alive in mm -hmm. Christ, like internally, my life externally probably looked to most to be nothing or falling <laughs> apart. But internally, inside, as the word says, outwardly, I was wasting away, but inter inwardly, I was being made new. <laughs> and I, I count it all really to Jesus inviting me to daily just be with him. Yeah. And that came in intersection with the Skizera's ministry. And so I said, wow, this is this is gold for me. And I would tell people, and I just noticed people kept moving on. And I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe it's just for me, you know. And then 2021 rolled around and again felt the same invitation from the Lord, come and be with me. Mm -hmm. And so all of 2021, just with Jesus, with Jesus, a lot, not a lot of external ministry seemingly happening. The COVID was still going on and all the other things. My wife works at a hospital. Mm -hmm. And so that was a challenging season, probably for your wife as she was yeah. nursing. Um, I say all of that because there's so many things we could talk about, but I am curious because I think I'm asking this question for myself as well. What do you have anything to say to anyone listening who says that's fine, Pastor, for you? It's your job to spend time with Jesus, or that's fine, Pastor, for you. You have time, your gracious employers, your new church are giving you time. What do you say to the average listener if you will or the regular listener who's not in ministry occasionally who maybe doesn't have the same kind of carved out opportunities and and again maybe maybe you disagree with that and that's okay so i'm curious what do you, do you have anything to say to the people listening that are, you're saying slow down be with your kids disciple minister be before do is what jerry and peter scazzaro would say yeah but how do you do that friend pastor um, justin yeah. Yeah. yeah no that's a great <laughs> question and yeah you know i um i minister to uh lay people yeah that's that's you know we got people at our church that are probably struggling with the the hustle and bustle of life right and they're just trying to carve out some time uh, to not just just do some time of prayer but just to take a nap maybe right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um no i i i i think um my encouragement to to people would be to um you have to make some decisions that that match with priorities in your life mm -hmm. and um i know people not may not like that um it it, it involves i would say uh, knowing your priorities um, and then making some decisions, intentional strategic decisions to match your life with the priorities that you've made. And so I would challenge wow. lovingly um, if you're too, you know, like, you know, I think, uh, uh, 
I think I read a book by Bill Hybels a long time ago, and you know he's gone through a lot since, but uh, mm -hmm. too busy not to pray, right? And mm -hmm. it, it was a very helpful book. Pretty much, is if you're too busy to pray, that you're just too busy, right? Mm -hmm. And um, but I think as a Christian, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ today, you know if you are in Christ today, um, you know your priority is to walk with Him. And, and and that means, you know, you make time for what is important. You make time for what is really important to you, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and that means that you make decisions that match that. Now, mm -hmm. it's easy for me as a pastor because this is my job, right? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm supposed to pray for people. I'm supposed to mm -hmm. time. And, and, uh, but it's hard for pastors too. And mm -hmm. not trying to be defensive. And it's more like, you know, it's easy for me to open up my Bible to prepare a that time to become not for me, but for a preparation for a message that I'm going to give later on a sermon or something. Mm -hmm. And so it is a challenge. And, uh, but, uh, you know, but life is busy. And I think understanding like your season, your stage of life transitions. So if you are a young mother, like, yeah, it's going to be hard, mm -hmm. um, but finding time and space where you have to adjust your schedule and such, where you have a moment to just be alone and to spend some time with the Lord. And it doesn't have to be a lot, but I would say, um, yeah, you have to find some time to do that, to make time mm -hmm. to be in the word in prayer and prioritizing that. And there's no like a magic formula, Rudy. Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's just simple. And, and, uh, um, I, I think like, uh, my, my disciple or mentor, one of them told me, you know, plan it into your schedule, right. Make time for it and then go to the same place. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. also, um, have a plan, like, you know, know how you're going to spend that time, you know, mm -hmm. others are going to read through the book of, uh, a gospel of John or a gospel of Luke, or, uh, you know, are you going to, how are you going to use that time and then just doing whatever you can to protect that time as much mm -hmm. as possible and stuff mm -hmm. and so uh and if it means that you have to sacrifice um i love that word i think you have like we we're sacrificing things sometimes whether mm -hmm. it's um, you know uh income or maybe sometimes even sacrificing some sleep Although mm. I really love sleep, I think sleep is very healthy <laughs> for us. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. And so, and that's what's been keeping me going too. Is just like you know, um, I need to be alone with the Lord, mm. and and that's where um, that's where I I get uh, you know vision and excitement and mm. perseverance is developed and moments of discouragement. God speaks into me through the Word, and and then. Um, yeah, I write. I've been writing out my prayers a lot. Mm. Uh, that's I, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a good practice for me to write out my prayers a lot, mm -hmm. and um, it's been really good for me to write out my prayers and do some like uh, prayer walking, and you mm -hmm. know that's been really good to get in some exercise and also to pray to God. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, those are things that I just don't think it can be replaced. Uh, it's not profound, but um, the very, very basic foundational aspects of walking with Christ is just spending time in the word and prayer. And uh, that's what keeps us alive. That's how we'll see a greater revelation of Jesus in our lives. Mm. 
that's yeah that's beautiful and well said and you know um i think one of the questions on my heart often in this season of life so i don't know how, how old are you i'm 45 okay 45 so i'm 49 yeah. i'll be 50 at the end of this year and i and i think uh the one of the questions i've been wondering about is is uh lord is this a season of life thing yeah. you know and and i've been confessing to friends and people that don't listen that you know as a younger man i heard some of the same advice and sometimes I would listen and sometimes I would say, oh, I'm too busy to do those things, friend or pastor, you know, and, and I would just keep going. And, and the word says the glory of youth is their strength. And I was like, well, I'm plenty strong. I could just keep going, you know, but as you get a little bit older, hopefully a little wiser, maybe a little more tempered in the Lord, I find that I'm really enjoying this season I'm in because I do think it's been easier for me to embrace. And I don't know if it's more the pandemic has helped that or the the fact that a lot of my ministry was taken away essentially and I had to kind of go to the basics and see what is, what is life about. Mm-hmm. But I'm grateful. And even you're bringing up I, words that I've heard when I was a younger guy in my t- early 20s, mm-hmm. advice that was given to me. And, and again, sometimes I listened, sometimes I didn't. Um, but it makes me wonder, um, can you speak to this season of life or the stage of life that you're in? I'm just beyond your, where you're at. Any thoughts to, to men our age, mm-hmm. forgive me if I'm putting you in a wrong category. Yeah. Yeah, do you have any thoughts to the seasonal? You mentioned the young moms, which I think is one of the hardest jobs in the world, being a young mom, all the criticism and critique and fatigue and everything. But anyhow, I'm I'm digressing. Any any words to share with with people in our season of life? Yeah, you know, I you know, I think uh, um, I've heard um, this where like in your twenties, you're exploring. 30s you're developing and growing 40s you're mastering 50s you're you know you're encouraging and mentoring and 60s you're you know you're finishing hard or something like something like that mm-hmm. and um i think in this season um it sounds weird but uh it's a season for me where i really feel like the lord is calling me to um, a couple of things in my life is one is to really draw closer to him like never before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably because um, my my ministry life has been so, like the pace and rhythm was always just run, 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 run. Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, sometimes you're just, you know, I felt like I was doing ministry, but uh, I wasn't loving Jesus. And and that was really, that's hard for me to even say that today. Mm -hmm. And not that like my ministry in the past wasn't sincere Mm -hmm. and, you know, and it wasn't that the Lord wasn't using me in that way, but um, yeah, I really felt like I was a Martha and, you know, where I was just doing things for the Lord and, and then, um, but I needed to be more of a Mary. And Mm -hmm. I think in this season, um, I don't feel like I need to prove anybody. I'm, I'm like over that, like, 
season where I need to make a name for myself, not trying to build an institution, like, you know, be a celebrity pastor. All of that is like, um, there was a season as a younger man, like there was a hunger for that, a desire for that out of mm -hmm. pride and arrogance and the worldly desires, you know, it, it, it I was enamored with that. Mm. And I think like, um, over season, over the years, I think the, the Lord has really helped me to see by his grace that that's just not what ministry is about. That's not what my life should be about. Mm. And my life should be about drawing close to Jesus. And, mm. and, um, and, and so my life is now being reoriented to that desire. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it's a season of drawing closer to the Lord and I think also, as I've shared, um, I really feel like the Lord is calling me in this season uh, to prepare my children for uh, just to launch them. I don't, I don't want to hold them. I don't want to hoard mm -hmm. them. I don't want to keep them. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like children are meant to be launched. Mm -hmm. And so I've got these many years with each one of them. And my goal mm -hmm. is to show them Jesus and teach them the gospel, disciple them, spend time with them, love them, coach them, be with them, and then and then teach them to make right decisions and then and then pray for them and then launch them into the world mm. so that they can make their own decisions because you know they're gonna be grown up and they have to live their lives and but we're yeah. always you know we're gonna always be there for them, we're ruling. But uh and then so that's the the season of like family and discipleship is really big for me. The third thing is I feel like in this season is I want to be, um, maybe you resonate with this because I see you doing this a lot through your ministry and, and podcasting and things like that. I want to be an encourager to mm. others, to mm. particularly to younger men, mm. uh, whether they're pastors or fathers or husbands. Mm. Um, I want to be a Barnabas to them. I want to be an encourage, uh, encourager to them. And um and so, you know, I'm, I really feel like the Lord is calling me to that, to look mm -hmm. for opportunities to bless and encourage them, mostly probably telling them what not to do and learn from my mistakes, Rudy. This is what you should not do, you know, and just tell them about my experiences. And so, um, and hopefully they can avoid the pain and the heartache that I've gone through. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, um, uh, but I really want to be a Barnabas, uh, and, and, push um uh men uh to be better men uh and in that, and for me that could be pastors younger pastors uh and a lot of that is in my church is to be to, to really pray for uh the husbands and the fathers in our church to be more intentional in their marriage life and in their discipleship with their kids things that i'm trying to do but i want to now be that encouragement to them as well and so yeah uh, and i feel like more and more that resonates resonates with me really as i get older and older mm -hmm. as i think about even as i approach my 50s in a few years and then mm -hmm. even into my 60s and uh i want to do that for the rest of my life i want to i want to disciple other men and mm -hmm. uh, Every year, I want to call a few men into my life, and I want to disciple them, and uh, do life on life with them, and try to, um, you know, um, encourage them. You know, if anything, to follow Christ, and, and that involves things that I'm learning now, which is you cannot uh, sacrifice 
you know, your time with the Lord, you know, like you, you not close yeah. to don't focus yeah. on doing, focus on being as Peter Scazzaro says, right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and carve out time where you can meet with the savior, Jesus mm -hmm. through his word and, and prayer is so important. And mm -hmm. I know so many men, I think are just so driven by career or money and all these mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. and uh, at the risk of what, right. And so if they're really called disciples of Christ, let's be disciples and live out our faith in the world. I want to call them out to that. And I want to be their yeah. biggest. I want to be in their corner. I want to cheer them on. I want to root them on. I want to root for them. I want to be, uh, I want to be like, uh, not envious, but I want to like celebrate uh, when I see mm -hmm. these men uh, living the life that God's called them to live. Mm -hmm. All of that. And so uh, I feel like my heart is burning for that. Like that's a, a growing passion that I feel like the Lord is fanning um, bigger and brighter for me. Wow. Well, if any of those men are listening, I want to commend to you, my friend, Justin, you heard him say it. He's burning. Yeah. I mean, brother, live into that. If I can be an encouragement to you, um, I, that comes from the Lord you know, and, and mm -hmm. to follow him would be great to see you continue in on that. So that, I mean, back to the, to Tom Brown, but that's what I used to hear mm -hmm. is two men sharpening one another towards the things of the Lord and towards him. And, and to hear you say that now that you want to continue is, is beautiful. I love, I love that. Love that for you. Um, I want to go back to something you said earlier and 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 just peek it open yeah. for a moment. We're we're kind of coming up on time here, but um, and I don't know if there's more to say that my guess is there is. I don't know if you even know how to ask it, but I I go back to the the sense of loss and you yeah. it was an emotional moment you said. Um and I and again I I know I see the pictures. In fact, I looked at them this morning again in preparation for coming on the podcast and and there's there's men in those pictures mm -hmm. younger men seemingly they look a little younger than us or than you and and i'm just thinking let me let me ask the question in this way mm -hmm. uh the end of 2022 i was spending some time with the lord and my birthday is in december and it was around my birthday. And, and I had this feeling come over me more than I thought. It was a feeling that I, Lord, I want friends. Mm. That That's what came up. And, and I had the feeling because my wife was going to be at work on my birthday. My two older kids were out of the house, off to college. My youngest was going to be in school, mm. in high school. We have an adopted daughter in the Lord um, that lives in Chicago area. She's got her life going on. Mm. And I thought, I don't have anyone to celebrate with today. And I love birthdays, especially my <laughs> birthday. I want to party, have a good time, you know. And, um, and I had this profound sense of sadness mm. and loss. Mm. And then I, I thought about it a bit with the Lord and I thought, no, I've got friends here locally. I could call them up. We could hang out. So I thank the Lord for them, for those men. And I thought the thank the Lord for that. Mm. But this is what the connecting point came to me. I told the Lord, 
Lord, I want to invest in 2023. I want to invest time and money and effort to reconnect and connect with loved ones. Mm. And I think of a family member in Texas, mm. and I think of my brother in Texas, and I think of close friends like the Tom Browns yeah. of my life that I think, I'm going to try to work towards that, Lord. If, you, if you'll if you permit me, Lord, if, if you're for this idea, Lord, confirm it. But that's what's on my heart, Lord, is I want that. Mm-hmm. And then I added the word, I think I need that in this stage of my life and that may be overstating it i'm not trying to be dramatic but i'm letting you know that's where i was just over a month ago and thinking i want that lord and i think i need that and i'll be in texas in a couple of weeks and i'm looking forward to seeing some brothers Uh, one of them told me just yesterday i want to i want to rudy i hope i can be there so i can hang on your neck (laughs) and and hug (laughs) And bro, I almost cried <laughs> reading the text, yeah. thinking that's, it's like he read my mind. Yeah. Okay. Here's, maybe there's a question in there somewhere to say, do you have needs like that? Or do you have a want like that? I do. I, I think uh, friendships are hard to come by. I feel like because of just the pace and life and, and, um, um, you know, you've got kids and also just you're busy and especially, you know, for, I'm, I'm sure for you and for me, you know, ministry, but you, you don't have to be a ministry. It's just like, I think it's friendships are so hard to really develop as, you know, as you get older and whatnot and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I hunger and yearn for deep, deep friendships, not superficial ones. And mm-hmm. you can really be known and, mm-hmm. and to listen to and where you can share and it's a safe place. And and um and I, I feel like as as I've you know gotten a little older, I long for those friendships. And um uh I feel like uh the Lord has given me some friends that I really lean on. Mm. And um yeah, you know, there was a, a great book that I read called Be Friend, Be Friend by Scott Sauls. I read that uh, maybe two years mm. ago. Mm. Scott Sauls wrote a couple of great books, but one of yeah. them is called Be Friend, Be Friend. And um, it just speaks to um, how we're created to uh, belong and, mm. to, you know, to have these deep friendships, uh, especially because we're all made in the image of God and and uh, relational beings and all of that. And um, yeah, I came back to Seattle again because um, I longed for deep friendships that I had here. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't anticipate how much I would miss the deep friendships I had there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still processing that, Rudy, you know, mm-hmm. and um yeah, you know, I have emotional moments. I'm, you know, I'm not a like a deep crier, like you know, but mm-hmm. I've been emotional just thinking about. Gosh, this deep sense of loss is really hard because my daughter and my son Barnabas and Tabitha—they're the reason why they are 
hating hating things here mm -hmm. because their friends are not here they've mm -hmm. lost their friendships and they didn't lose it but they're just it's changed they're not around mm -hmm. and, um and they're complaining about the weather they're complaining mm -hmm. about like how different it is and all these things like I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But when they talk about their friendships, that's where my heart just really mm -hmm. bleeds for them. Mm -hmm. And that's where I've told them, daddy is really sorry to mm -hmm. be away from California, from your friends. Because mm -hmm. I feel it too. Mm -hmm. And I miss my friendships there. Um, the Lord has been gracious, Rudy. Like, uh, you know, uh, I'm slowly reconnecting with the friendships that I had here. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, the Lord is developing friendships uh, in my life with also my wife at the church that I'm at now here at Doxa. Mm -hmm. uh, we're part of a small group and called Missional Community. We're part of a DNA group and mm -hmm. and just the staff. We're be, we're developing these friendships, mm -hmm. and I love these people already mm -hmm. in Christ. But it takes time, right? It takes time mm -hmm. to develop trust. It, it takes time to develop yeah. like you know, the safety that you feel, can I share my secrets and all these things? And like, mm -hmm. you know, and so there's different levels of friendships that are there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, you know, I, 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 in fact, this was such a deep desire. Uh, I meet with two other friends. Uh, one's in Florida. Another one is back in California. The three of us meet uh, once every uh, two to three weeks, mm -hmm. just to talk, mm -hmm. just to talk as friends. There's another brother uh, in, in California, and um, he's a pastor and he's a counselor. And mm -hmm. um, we talk every once, every two, three weeks. And he reached out to me. Mm -hmm. And this gentleman, uh, this pastor is big church, successful, a few years older than me. Like, I was kind of taken, like, I was surprised that he said, hey, Justin, mm -hmm. would you like to just talk and be a friend? Mm -hmm. I was like, what? Like, well, <laughs> he says, well, he says he can't like talk to people in his own church mm -hmm. so he needs somebody outside the church where he can be real and honest and, mm -hmm. and we just talk and through that um, we've developed um, a good good friendship i love this brother this mm -hmm. man so much and mm -hmm. i didn't know how much i needed him in my life mm -hmm. this season mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, but these friendships uh have been like uh, uh, a lifeline to me yeah. and, and pointed me to obviously the ultimate friend who's jesus christ and mm -hmm. uh, but yeah these friendships are uh, i think we, we all need it we long for it and i hunger for more friendships in my life and to be mm -hmm. known i can know mm -hmm. people uh, it hurt, hurts me because i see it in my kid's life right now they have no friend like my son has no friend at his school mm -hmm. and that's part of the challenge and he you know he's get, he, he's having a hard time and my heart is just really burdened by that you mm -hmm. know in fact, if we ever move back to California, um, we would have to, you know, seek God's calling for that and see if mm -hmm. He opens up that opportunity in the future. But a big part of it might be so that um, it could be so that we could see our friends. We would pray, Lord, if you're, if you, if you think that would be better for them and their friendships and where they have a better community there, that we would do that. But uh, you mm -hmm. have to call us to that too. But. Um, you know, it's too early, you know, but yeah. this is this is where we are today where, um, yeah, I'm praying for friendships to come into their lives right now. You know, so two things just crossed my mind. Um, one is, is I've since uh, 2020, I feel like the Lord's 
put it on my heart to pray for people mm-hmm. as I hear requests. Um, and so I'm thinking of your kids. Sorry, I've got some hair flying around here. Um, um, so I'm looking at the time. It's 1140, my time. Um, I, I'm, in, I'm loving this. So don't, yeah, yeah. I want you to know I there's no rush. We can, okay. can talk for another like five hours with you. Yeah, man. yeah, Ooh. seriously. I'm with you. For my soul. Same. But what I was going to say is around um, the time that I hear, oh man, I really am being attacked. I think it's my wife's hair. My... <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> discipline if you will but i don't think of it as a discipline has been to when i when i hear something the lord impresses on my heart Mm -hmm. i put it in my phone with a reminder to pray Mm -hmm. and so here's what i want to share with you is that i'll pray for your kids and your family at 11 45 um on friday mornings my time Mm -hmm. and i'll pray weekly until may at the late at the earliest maybe longer i'll pray the rest of the school year june may june unless you tell me differently that's what i'm going to commit to doing for your family because my heart oh my heart just as we talked off camera we have a similar story with our kids and and it's challenging the second thing that came to mind though brother is um a revelation of sorts like a or an epiphany that you know, when Jesus said, I no longer call you, um, or you're, uh, what does he say? Uh, I call you friends because uh, friends under- know what's happening. And yeah. it's not a slave master thing where you don't know. That yeah. just brought a new thought to my heart about friendship. It's the fact that Jesus would call us friends um, brings us closer to him in a way that you're you're talking about. It's like that friend we can think of friends and going, Oh, I want friends. In fact, I need friends. And mm. Jesus calls us friends. I just, wow. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to process that a bit, but I'm thinking that brings, brings a new light, a new heart or mm. insight there, not just mentally, but emotionally to uh, what it's like to be a friend of Jesus. Wow. I mean, what a privilege, what an honor, what a joy. It's not wow. just a, a transaction. Yeah. What what a wow! I need that, Lord. Do you want to hang out? Like, yeah. oh man, I love that. yeah. I have to think about. It. I'll be thinking about that the rest of the day for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna pray for the kids, your okay. kids, and your family on Fridays. Um, I, yeah, they need friends. Yeah, Lord, give them friends. Mm-hmm. Is what's come to mind. Just a simple prayer. Yeah. yeah and i think it's it's been really like it's been like uh you know um awakening for me because you know uh you know at that age when you're a teenager i we understand from just talking with other families and just reading as well and being around teenagers other teenagers like in the church youth group and whatnot at that age like friendships are supreme right so we understand that and and they influence uh, the friendships are so important for them, mm-hmm. and um, and I just it just speaks to though like how important friendships and how powerful friendships are, right? And mm-hmm. so, it's it's not like an understatement to say that I think my my children idolizes friendships. Right? Sure, they need mm-hmm. friendships, 
but um there's something to that that just hits home for me too like i need friendships too mm -hmm. and um and so but if we make our friends the ultimate thing because mm -hmm. friendships are also going to have its ups and downs and no friend is able to bear the burden that you have mm -hmm. for them maybe right like they can't mm -hmm. always be there for you mm -hmm. but uh you know i think uh jesus is our ultimate friend right and so and our friendships should reflect our ultimate friendship that we have with christ mm -hmm. but that should push us to be good friends to others and it should also push us to long for such friendships in our lives with other um, people, you know, other brothers and sisters in our lives. And so, um, but I think there's a, also part of me, and I wonder if it, maybe in other people where because of the pandemic or what have you, um, it's just easy to not, you know, seek those friendships out. And then mm -hmm. you realize, though, you, you're not meant to do this alone. And you're not meant to be isolated. You need mm -hmm. friendships. You need people, mm -hmm. and uh, and people that will also like a real friend that loves you will also challenge you and call you out, right? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, you know, friend isn't loving you if they just kind of let you continue in your bad behavior, destructive mentality. That's not what mm -hmm. a friend is, right? And so, um, I think that's the role of the Holy Spirit in us as well. The Holy Spirit. Um, prosecutes us by convicting us of our sin but yet he's also called our helper our advocate our mm -hmm. he's our uh, defense lawyer right if you will so, yeah amen. yeah so it's a it's a funny thing but you know um, we are called to be um, good friends to each other and I think we all need that mm -hmm. I've been praying for my kids to not just have friends though because mm. in California Rudy, they were they were thriving maybe socially in friendship. Mm -hmm. I've been praying. If you could pray for this, is that's that what I, I was going to ask you. What do you want me to pray? Pray for spiritual friendships. I want them to have Christian friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, like I want not to say they can't have friends that are not believers, but if our faith is the most valuable treasure that we have, you know, in our lives. To develop deep, deep friendships, you got to have that same value, I feel like, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so I want their closest friendships to be with other Christians. That's mm -hmm. what I'm praying for. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm really designed for. And I don't want my kids to just be kids that grow up in the church. I want my kids to be passionate about Jesus. That's what I'm praying mm -hmm. for. I want them to be disciples. Uh, I think there is a difference between someone that is just a kid that's just growing up in the life of the church from a kid that is being discipled by Christ. Yep. And that's what I want to see happening. Um, it feels like it's an impossible thing, right? Sometimes, cause I don't see it any fruit in my kids' life sometimes, but I also believe that prayer is powerful and mm -hmm. I have faith and trust that God is at work even when I, when I don't see it sometimes. And so that's what I'm praying for. Yeah. So, I wrote all of those those requests down. That's what I will pray alongside you with. Um, here's a question, though, and kind of related to all of that. Um, because, you know, we live in northern Colorado. Uh, I would say it's a fairly unchurched part of the country. You live in Seattle, the graveyard for pastors. Um, how does that what is i'm just thinking of the people listening and they're going 
Uh, Justin, you should have moved to uh, Kentucky, Texas, <laughs> Texas. Uh, Kentucky, yeah, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. yeah like so, Bible. so you know, here you are. So, can you connect the dots there? And when you look around, you do you even know? Like, I'll say this about my son. So he started junior year in college, in high school here. He said, "Dad, I don't know any other professing Christian." Mm not even like church willing to stand up and say, I'm a church kid, much less if you want to say a disciple in his entire class of 600 mm -hmm. kids. Now that's not to say there weren't any, he just didn't know them. He never met one in two years. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, how? what's your, so far three months in, what's your sense for that? The, and what I'm thinking here is the combination of missional discipleship yeah with uh church fellowship and family yeah. uh with uh god mir miraculous new life is is it like you almost have to con i don't want to get too technical here but like <laughs> you want to, to convert a friend to jesus yeah. you know to become a friend <laughs> yeah. or or is it no you're you're you landed in a neighborhood and you've seen it oh there's a there's believers here we just got to connect the kids and lord willing they'll be good friends and stuff do you have a sense for that yeah, you know, uh, Rudy, I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, we're like at a place where um, I don't know if any Christian families or students at the schools that my kids attend. A public uh, school? A public school. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't attend a Christian school here. We thought about it and uh, mm -hmm. and maybe we will in the future. So that, that could lead us to a decision where... Um, and there, there are things to think about and pray for about that. And um, mm -hmm. we are right now, the, the older two who is in eighth grade and sixth grade, they are in their public school. And the mm -hmm. school is, it's a big school. It's a middle school. And here in, in the Seattle area in Washington State, the schools are, like middle school is from sixth, seventh, and eighth. And mm -hmm. it's a big school. In California, where we were at, uh, my son uh, was in sixth grade. Uh, he has started sixth grade, and and that's still elementary middle yep. school. And so, and for him, like Rudy, that's a big hard transition. He never got to finish elementary, and so he started sixth grade, never finished. He moves up here, and then you restart school in the middle of the school, if you will, like you know, school mm -hmm. had start here, and now he's in middle school suddenly. So I have all sorts of compassion mm -hmm. and love for this kid like i am so proud of him he's trying mm -hmm. but he's he says he sits alone in the cafeteria mm -hmm. that's like one of those teenage movies that you see and you see like you know the kid just kind of walks by himself no one sits with him that's him and um and he's already had some emotional darkness before he's doing so much better now but he's i can see it on his face he just hates school and mm -hmm. i'm praying for not just christian friends but at least one friend right yes yeah we but, felt I praying, but i am mostly yeah. praying for a christian friend and mm -hmm. so I, I i for me like that again is uh it doesn't have to happen today mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have to have ha, have to happen tomorrow but i'm praying for that the lord and his sovereignty and providence uh, who loves my kids more than i will ever love my kids mm -hmm. um it, I believe I'm praying that God will bring some good godly friends into their lives. Mm -hmm. I don't know what tomorrow will hold, Rudy. Like you know, mm -hmm. I think, like, but I would love for God to develop some good Christian friendships in their lives. And 
um, you know, I work with the student ministries at our church here. Mm. And so I'm look, I'm keeping an eye. I'm hoping that mm. my kids will connect with some of the kids here mm. and uh, with some, because they're believers here. And so hopefully that's the answer maybe. And mm -hmm. then, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like it's a, uh, um, it is a missional thing too. It's mm -hmm. uh, we're here as this is a mission. This is our mission field right now. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, one of the things that we've been praying for our kids is to shine his light in their mm -hmm. schools, shine mm -hmm. the light there. And uh, I know like that's a lot of Christian jargon and things like that. And But we talk about what does that look like? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And we talk about character, being kind, being gracious. We also talk about academically, just doing your best. You know, we don't expect you to bring A's, but just do your best. But mm -hmm. don't cheat. Don't cut corners. That's a witness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, we're very... Um, we don't we we speak very like honestly about uh, our spiritual lives you know it's mm -hmm. out in the open and so mm -hmm. um, but yeah you know that's a hard thing yeah like you're living in northern california uh, colorado mm -hmm. and there are people probably listening maybe that are just it's easier said than done right mm -hmm. and i'm with with you in that i'm mm -hmm. with that and I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. And I tell you, one of the hardest days of my the last four years plus, we've been here over four years, and 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 you may relate to this, but mm -hmm. um man, I mean it 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 takes me back immediately. But I drove my kids the first day of high school at the new school. And at the time our son wasn't driving yet, so I had my my junior and my my freshman and i drove them up to the in their school you have a, a circle driveway in the front that all the kids that can't drive they get dropped yeah. off there so yeah. i made my right turn got into the line of the circle got to the top of the line mm -hmm. parked the van put it in in the park and then pushed open the doors and i said okay may the lord be with you i'm praying <laughs> for y'all go off to school and brother I, I closed that van door and I just sat there in shock and I just thought, what did I just do? Mm -hmm. I mean, it felt like I was sending my kids to their slaughter, yeah. you know, just, and I watched them walk all the way into the building and I thought maybe they'll turn around and say, S -s save me. And I'll just say, Go, hop in the van, we'll leave, we'll leave right now. <laughs> like it, I just, I just profoundly remember, and I don't know if I'll ever forget that moment of going, what did we do? Because that's when it hits the road for me. It's like all the good stuff in the church and everything, but man, I'm just, I'm sending my kids into notoriously, maybe, maybe one of the worst places on, on planet earth in America is high school, you know, in America <laughs> or middle school might be a, a second. They're one and yeah. two, you know, yeah. uh, does that make sense? And, yeah. and it just blew me away. And I still think that, and that's what you're doing for me here. So you're taking me right back to that moment, brother. Yeah. You're going through that. It is so hard. It is so hard. I can totally relate to that because as I'm driving to school and um, you know, it's, uh, it takes about like a uh, good 35 minutes to get there because of all the traffic, because mm -hmm. there's a couple of big schools right next to each other. And when we, as soon as we hit the road, they jump in my car. It's been a routine that I drop them off. I pray for them out loud. Mm -hmm. Because let me pray. And I pray for protection, mm -hmm. for provision, for God's mm -hmm. presence to be upon them. And they pray. 
-hmm. And then, uh, and then I read a prayer with him. Um, mm -hmm. So I read a prayer with him um, that I get and, and I'm like a, a weekly, like a daily uh, email. I pray mm -hmm. this prayer together with them. Uh, I read it out loud and they listen and then we say amen together. And then we, I just let them relax. Mm -hmm. You know, I put on some music and just let them relax. But Rudy, I can see it on their faces. Like they just, you know, it feels like I'm leading them to the slaughterhouse, right? And like this, it's it's a hard environment for them. And um, I don't have like anything to share like that's profound. Like it's just, what can I do but to cling to Jesus in that, you know? And 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 like that's part of the hardship that we we're going through right now. Mm -hmm. I'm actually. I feel like I'm doing really well in my new church. I really love this church. I feel like I'm learning so much and my role is different, but I, I'm adjusting. I'm doing well. And mm -hmm. my wife is at home now and she's enjoying the season where she can just kind of be at home and 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 take care of our youngest and mm -hmm. uh, our younger two kids and just really like uh, be more present. She's, you know, spending trying to spend more time with the kids at home. And mm -hmm. But when I see our older two struggling that much, um it's hard it's hard mm -hmm. and i'll be i'll be i'll be vulnerable here it's hard for me to even share that uh in detail in all of his intensity to friends and people at this church now and they may listen to this it's okay mm -hmm. but it's because i don't want them to think like you know uh like this was a mistake or mm -hmm. or like we're gonna take off tomorrow we're gonna resign mm -hmm. things like that and go back to california uh, we have thoughts of that sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we're really trusting um, like this is a, a hard season for us. We knew it was going to be hard. We didn't expect it to be this hard, but mm -hmm. uh, we're in it like we're thinking the long game here mm -hmm. and we're trusting that over time that God will do his work. Now, it may be that we do move back in a year or two or three. I don't know what the Lord has in mind. Mm -hmm. I would never allow, I, I don't think of this as a mistake or things mm -hmm. like that. I have feelings of doubt and regret sometimes, but I know enough to know that I can't trust my emotions and feelings mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I have faith that even in all of this, God is providential. He is sovereign. Mm -hmm. and he is at work even in, mm -hmm. in the hard moments of our lives. And mm -hmm. when I look at my kids, man, I, I, I hurt with them. Mm -hmm. And but I'm praying for them a lot, and mm -hmm. yeah, and I I am praying, like trying to figure out, should we put him in Christian schools, Rudy? Should we like, um, what should we do differently? Things like that. Should we homeschool them? All of these mm -hmm. things. And those are all on the table. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're praying and trying to seek discernment in that right now, and um, mm -hmm. um, and it's not been an easy season for our family. Yeah, I I I'm, that is coming loud and clear through the through the camera here and and I didn't know that I I could have assumed it I didn't want to assume um I can tell you this um the people I've been talking with that are uh, a little bit closer to your stage of life which is funny we're not that far in age but our youngest is 15 kind of yeah. felt like we're getting close to closing childhood with our in our family uh, you've got a little one yeah. And you've got you've got a whole a whole high you a whole um, school career ahead of you for your two youngest. Yeah, he's seven and she's twenty one months. I would never be an empty nester. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So crazy. you're you've got a second grader, and yeah, then twenty months, a oh, first yeah. grader. Okay, so so you got a lot of years ahead, and and I can tell you 
people are asking me all the time, maybe as a pastor, or just a little bit older or whatever, like, would you, um, the, the, the question of homeschooling, public school, private school. And, and I think more people are leaning, more people that I know are leaning towards taking out of public school. Yeah. But, yeah. but, I, and, and I, I have no way to answer that. I have no clue to each unto the Lord, but I can tell you it, it also breaks my heart a bit because we lose, I do see that missional side and going, yeah. man, I, that's what we're here for. And yet, yeah. I don't know how to tell you what to do. And so I, I hear that in your voice. I hear that the wrestling, it's got to be there on a regular basis. Um, and maybe not anytime this year, because I'm guessing you wouldn't pick them up and move them again. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. But uh, But I can imagine when you're having to rethink what to do again next year, you're probably having to ask that question because it's, it's really hard. It that That's the tension. You hit it right there. It's the tension. We're trying to figure out, we want to move them right now in the middle of the year. That would be too hard of a transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, as we um, think of, we're going to pray through the summer and make a decision. Uh, but yeah, that is the tension. Like, we like the fact that they're in public schools mm-hmm. where we don't always agree what's what what's happened there. And mm-hmm. it's a challenge. Uh, in fact, a lot of friends here that are at my church and also just Christian friends in the area do not send their schools, mm-hmm. uh, their kids, excuse me, to the public school system here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, uh, we are okay with it for now. And and but that's the tension. Like we want to be missional. We want them to be around other kids that do not align with their convictions you know we are a christian family mm-hmm. and there are families and kids and students at their schools that they are they don't believe in that you know mm-hmm. and so i want them to be around that but there's that tension and, and a lot of fa- family have disagreements or they disagree but there are people that uh, are saying well we don't want them to be exposed to that it, it's so hard once you let them into the school system you also pretty much let the school system have at it with your kids, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. So you lose that influence and control over that. And mm-hmm. so that we think about that too. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and we're, we're in that tension right now. Should we uh, put him in a private Christian school and things like that, or, and then lose out on the opportunities that that's there? Because I will say this, like, like Tabitha has made two friends, just two really decent friends. She feels mm-hmm. close to, and they're not believers. Mm-hmm. But we've already talked about, um, hey, sh- can, when can we? When should we invite them over for a meal? Mm-hmm. When should we? Like we've also already talked about with her, and she's thinking about it, inviting her friends to church, mm-hmm. youth group, winter camp, things like that. I've already met both parents mm-hmm. and we've had great interactions. They know I'm a pastor working mm-hmm. at a church. They're like, I don't know what that is, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, but, and uh, I've had some really good interactions. We've talked about having dinner together. Mm-hmm. Those are opportunities that we wouldn't have, I'm sure, by going mm-hmm. and sending our kids to a Christian school. Mm-hmm. But I know that there's tension there for some families and, and, and mm-hmm. whatnot where, you know, um, they, they would rather just, like not even deal with that part. They can still be missional by sending their kids to, you know, to a Christian school or keep them at home, at home and do a co-op with homeschooling, things like that. And so, but that's where our, that's where our, we're at as a family. My wife and I were thinking through that 
And uh, it also involves finances, right? Can we afford this? Mm -hmm. Let's, mm -hmm. uh, should we sacrifice some money here so we can put them in schools so we can, you know, they can be in a, a very more of an intentional Christian uh, environment. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah, I you know a lot of questions. Yeah, that's oh. something that you could pray for as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm adding it to the list. Fridays. <laughs> Your list for us is going to be pretty long. <laughs> hey man, I I love it. And, I'll take and it. We need it. Your the prayer. Lord just puts ideas on my heart too, and so I'll pray. Yeah. Uh, discernment yeah. is the word that comes to mind. Yeah, discernment. Mm -hmm. Well, here's here's my thought. Um, I'd like to wrap us up, even though I know we both could go on for a long time. But people that listen and watch don't usually <laughs> stay yeah, on that long. You probably don't, they don't want to. Yeah, go yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to kind of close this out here with um, a few a few thoughts, and then hear hear what you have to say. Um, but I, I told you earlier before we got on camera that um, really this is kind of a project honoring the Lord, hopefully, and encouraging the, the the believers, but it's really honoring dad as well. And my dad's, um, when he, when we used to part ways, he'd always tell me, uh, go forward in the name of Jesus. That was his kind of blessing and just trying to remind me, don't live in your own strength, son, you know, just be in him and let him do. And, mm. and dad was in a wheelchair, one leg amputated, one arm, unavailable due to stroke and and even I, we don't have enough time i can go on about dad but the last several years of his life i used to think lord why is he even here like he, he can't accomplish a lot but he he did a lot in the lord um and so kind of with that in mind uh, encouraging christians to go forward in the name of jesus what what kind of closing encouragements would you have to anybody that's that's listening Oh, well, I'm so inspired by your dad. Mm. Um, thank you for sharing. And um, mm -hmm. never met him. I wish I had. Mm. Uh, makes me want to be a dad like your dad. Mm. Yeah. And um, yeah, my encouragement is, uh, you know, in terms of just going forward in the name of Jesus. Um, mm. Yeah, to think um, with a heavenly mindset. Uh, that mm -hmm. would be my encouragement to have a heavenly mindset, not an earthly mindset. Mm. And that um, this world is not our home. We're just passing, mm -hmm. as the song says. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not citizens of the United States of America. We are ultimately citizens of glory, of heaven. And um, we are here for a time, and then we're gone. Mm -hmm. And we have one life to live. You know, I'm becoming well aware of just how fast time is flying not only how fast time is going i am well aware of the vulnerability of life i've mm -hmm. lost two friends in the last few years mm -hmm. i've said goodbye to um people have passed away that i dearly love family mm -hmm. and friends mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah and mm -hmm. and then um and life is also really unpredictable you know mm -hmm. I think about that passage in james where Life is like a breath of air. Um, you see on a cold, wintry day, right? You see in one mm -hmm. moment, it's gone. And so mm -hmm. in the spectrum of time, I mean, God, you know, he's eternity, he knows it, but we are like a speck. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I really believe that with our one life, which is, you know, like we need to go all in and all out for Jesus with a heavenly perspective. Mm -hmm. And that should influence, in, in my mind, 
um, how we go about living our lives on the day-to-day level mm-hmm. and how we think about our finances, how we think about our, our resources, how we think about you know stewarding all of that, stewarding mm-hmm. our lives, stewarding our resources. It's his all to begin with mm-hmm. and uh, stewarding our, our kids' lives. And uh, one day uh, I will pass away to be with the Lord and mm-hmm. I long for that day. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. suicidal, but I can't mm-hmm. wait to see Jesus face to face. I think there's a reason why uh, I'm still here. Like mm-hmm. the reason why your dad was still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the reason why God hasn't called me home is because he's called me to live missionally. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is to remind people that Jesus is real, that he's, he loves them, to preach Amen. the gospel and word and in, in, in life. And, and to disciple my kids and to be a good pastor, a husband and a father, and and to also tell other people to think with the heavenly mindset, not with mm. the flesh. And so um, I would encourage them with that. Like our life is not a video game. You can't push the reset button, right? You can't start mm. over. You can't like, it's not, it, we don't have, we're not like a cat, cat you know, nine lives. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have, we have one life. Yeah. Until, you know, until, um, while there's life and breath in in me, I will and and in you, I would encourage you to, mm-hmm. um, yeah, live for Jesus and to have mm-hmm. a heavenly perspective in life. You know what? You just the, the thank you for that. <laughs> and let me tell you, I think you just changed my plans for my in four years from now, three and a mm-hmm. half years from now. I think you literally just changed my plans. Mm-hmm. We'll see. You know what happens in three and a half years? This is where my mind went when you shared the end there. The World Cup is in America in three and a half years. <laughs> it is. I'm planning to go. I, my son and I want to go see a match probably in California, but I've just changed my plans. Lord, make it so. We're coming to Seattle, brother. Yeah, we're gonna, we're playing a game here. I know, I know. So we're going to North instead. We're going to go to Seattle and we're going to hang with my friend, Justin and Tom yeah. and anyone else that'll come around. We're going to go watch the soccer game there. Oh my gosh. Because just, life is short and it's one time and, and yeah. the, it won't come around again in my lifetime, probably in the States. So we're coming to your, your way. That's what I just yeah. said. Lord, make it so. Yeah. Let me know. I'll get tickets as well. And I want to sit with you guys and yeah, uh, spend some time with you guys and, and uh, let's make it happen. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we, we will. Lord willing, we're doing that together. But of course, I hope that we could see each other before then. Yes. As you guys come out here. Even before then. Yeah. Exactly. All right. A couple of closing thoughts here. Um, and and I'll put some of these thoughts in the show notes. Heavenly mindset. Amen. We gotta whew, we can talk a whole day on that there. Um social media. Yeah. Uh, any place people can find you if they want to be discipled by Justin, they want to be a friend to Justin, they want to find you or hear your preaching or yeah. just be with you or get a coffee or pay for you to drive down to Irvine or, you know, what do you mm-hmm. just tell people where to find you? That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, um, I'm, I have social media, um, fairly active on it, you know, and, uh, my my vision with that is to redeem social media and want to mm-hmm. use it to number one I try to stay in touch with some family in the East Coast through the social media but also, also I want to try to encourage people mm-hmm. and through social media um, but I'm on Instagram and it's just Jungston J U N G S T I N so mm-hmm. that's my thing 
Um, it's uh, and then that's also my Facebook. It's Jungston, J U N G S T I N. Um, yeah, if people want to email me, I would love to connect with them, make new friends, um, or to even process more things that uh, were shared. I would love to process that with them, and uh, I'm looking to learn as well. My email is just Jungston, J U N G S T I N at gmail.com. I've got a ministry email, but uh, that's for my church. But uh, yeah, it's a, a personal email um, that they can email me there as well. I, if they ever want to look into uh, my church here, it's just called Doxa Church at Redmond. I'm the Generations Discipleship Pastor. So it's a, it's a role that has me overseeing pretty much all the generations of the church. And that's a um, it's an interesting role. I get to oversee mm -hmm. what's happening in the kids ministry to student ministries to college and young adults, single adults, and even uh, working with parents and about marriage and parenting, things like that. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking all of that. And mm -hmm. so I love it. It's great. Um, and then if, if they want to look into like some preaching that I've done, it's they can go back into my old church. It's still there on YouTube. It's, it's called Bethel Grace Church in Irvine, California. I confess I've never been to California since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and um, we were supposed to go in 2020, but COVID canceled our plans. And, uh, and but when I hear, just even now, when I hear in Irvine, California, it just makes me think, wow, that's so <laughs> flashy sounding to me. That sounds, I know it sounds probably ignorant, but that's, that's kind of what it sounds like. Well, brother, let me, uh, I'd love to close this out here. I want to pray. Um, and then if you have a little bit of time, let's stay on and, yeah, and, and chat good. for a little bit. But yeah, let me just pray for us. Um, Father God, I just thank you. Well, thanks, Justin. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and just having a conversation with me of faith and parenthood and pastoring and just following Jesus. Um I, I know that the Lord has led your family and continues to lead you, and I will continue to pray for y'all, that you will trust Jesus with all your hearts and minds, soul, and strength, that you will uh, continue to go in faith as you've already intended. And um, I want to thank each of you for listening. Um, I hope that you feel blessed as well as you listen to my friend Justin share about his life. Um, don't you don't you hear the faith, humility, kindness come through? And and it's just day-to-day -day walking with the Lord, right? That's not a special, particularly like extravagant life. It's just trying to make decisions, trying to live for Jesus by faith, trusting in Him. And I think that's where each of us are here in 2023. So as we kind of move into this year, closing out January here pretty soon, um, I'll actually be in Phoenix and then I'll be in Texas, Lord willing. Um, we got a lot going on here, including conversations we plan to record uh, in the coming weeks and months. And uh, one that you'll want to be looking out for in March is I'll have a, a former prime minister of a country on this podcast. Yes, you heard that right. Um, but what I want to say uh, to uh, about him and his wife is they're, they're men, of, men and women of faith, a family of faith, trust in the Lord just like the rest of us. But they do have an extremely an extraordinary story, and uh, I look forward to bringing that to y'all. Um, so stay tuned and share the podcast, if you would. Rate us, if you would. Um, 
you know, let's get the word out. I'm hearing good things from people as they're finding the podcast, and that's why I'm doing it. So, well, I'm doing it to encourage people to keep going. Yes, to have perseverance in the faith and to see that Jesus is worth all of our lives. Um, but as we're sharing that with other people, my hope is that people are finding encouragement from each other's story. So you get the point, I think, hopefully. Um, so here we are, 2023, continuing the 1138 podcast. And I'm thankful to each of you who listen and send me notices and messages and just keep us all going. Let's all uh, trust the Lord and um, get in touch with Justin if you want to hear more. Get in touch with me if you want to talk. We're here to to serve each of us. And uh, let's go forward in the name of Jesus. All right. We love y'all. And we'll talk to you the next time.